sunglasses on. I'm at a funeral. Oh, sunglasses. Yeah. Are we live? Fuck it. Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shaffin, along with my good friend, Artemis Brown. We're coming to you this week with episode 179. 179. Artie. Yes. How are we doing, my friend? I'm guessing you're doing pretty good. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's been a a good week. It's been a real good week. It's been a good week for the family. Um, I can't say the same for Ashley and her family. But it's been a good week. Been a good week. That that's good. If you don't know, Artie is a Michigan fan. Uh, outside of ECU, he's he's a Michigan football fan, and so he is celebrating their first national championship since what nineteen was it ninety seven ninety seven the first national championships in 97 it was a shared championship in nebraska first outright national championships is 1948 which is a wow. long time ago that so. that is a long time ago yes um, and they i mean they were battle tested already they they played a gauntlet of a schedule you know taking down east carolina university week one <laughs> uh who gave up less points than washington i i, I might add yeah, and then I mean, held Edwards to fewer fewer yards rushing, I believe. So, um, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you're happy. When you're happy, I'm happy, Artie. Yes, championship gear is on deck. I got I got I got a hoodie. I got a t-shirt. I got a hat. It's all come. I'm actually I'm actually going the barstool route because they just have some great gear. Well, you know you know, gear. so founder owner of Barstool, Dave yeah. Portnoy is a Michigan man. So um, they're, they're, they're going to have the best gear. I yeah. Mean, they, they've got great Michigan gear. And I'm, I'm all, I'm all here for so. no, no free ads, but I, I, I do enjoy Barstool merch way more than I probably should. <laughs> and I mean, Barstool, I, I gotta say like Barstool, when, when we started talking about doing a podcast four or five years ago, was sort of the inspiration. That was kind of the inspiration. Some some of their podcast, um, and, and that's that's kind of what we do here. I mean, we we do different types of interviews, and so yeah. Shout out to Barstool. Well, I'm a Stooley. Uh, I am a big time Stooley. So um, if you don't like that, sorry about it. But I am. Uh, <laughs> but Artie. Uh, what else is going on? You got number 79 for me? I do got a 79 for you. Um, doesn't play for my team anymore, but long time, long time Chicago White Sox. Uh, one of one of the one of the greater Chicago White Sox, at least of recent memory. Uh, I think it was nine years on the South Side, South Side Bombers. That is one Jose Abreu, uh, long time Chicago White Sox member, currently with the Houston Astros. I think he's still with the Houston Astros. I mean, he played there last year. Um, but all-star, multiple-time all-star, was a great guy in this city. Um, you know, not a not a not a name brand, not maybe a, a household name, but definitely one of the greater players or better players of the last 10, 15 years in the league. So yeah, Jose Bray, shout out to him, former Southside Bomber. It's my 79 for the week. 
We were talking like, is that chalk before the podcast? Like, you didn't, we, 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 we don't we don't ever tell each. We try not to tell each other like who our number is. Um, being a baseball fan, I would almost say that that's borderline chalk. Yeah. Okay. Baseball fan, that's borderline chalk. But to the average person, they don't know who Jose Abreu is, and that's why I say it's not chalk. Mm. I'll give it to you, Artie. Just this time, just because it, you're riding a high. I don't. I don't want to rain on your parade this week. Um. All right. I'm gonna go. My. I can guarantee you, Artie. If you've heard of this guy, I will. It's it's I baseball will, or hockey. What's which one? It, it's hockey. Okay. But if you've ever heard of this guy. I've then, never heard of this guy. There's 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 superstar. There's like Hall of Fame superstars in hockey that I don't know about. So the, if you if you know this guy, then then you're a real one. Um mine, number 79, David Warsofsky. Nope. Yeah, out of Marshfield, Massachusetts. Okay. Uh play played uh I mean he's played I believe over 55 games or 55 games in the in the NHL. Not a terrible career. Didn't didn't play much. But already the, the reason I picked David Warsawski is he is the brother of Ryan Warsawski, former head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes AHL affiliate. Okay. So there's the tie there. He he's now a, Ryan Warsawski is now a assistant head or assistant coach for the San Jose Sharks, who are the worst team in the league. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean Ryan Warsawski, his team, he he was on two uh, Calder Cup winning teams. He he was the coach for two Calder Cup winning teams in in Charlotte and in Chicago. Uh, so that's that is my number seventy nine, David Warsawski, or, or the number seventy nine, I believe, in two thousand eighteen and nineteen, when he was playing with the Boston Bruins. Um, so yeah, not 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 chalk, definitely not chalk. That's that's the furthest thing from chalk. That might be the most non chalk answer you've ever had on the podcast. So I give you that one. Hey, I. I try to find interesting ones. It, I'm, it's I'm hard. Gonna, I'm gonna have to dig deep because we're getting to the '80s now. So now we're getting to like relevant <laughs> numbers. I'm gonna have to start digging deep to to find some some really non chalk names for the '80s. Ari, let me. Can I know we're gonna get into we're gonna get into the podcast here in a second, but I've got this. You know how a couple months ago everybody was talking about what's your Roman Empire. What's yeah. the one thing that you think about like pretty consistently that like is kind of random? Mm-hmm. I've got one and I don't know. It, it has to do with numbers. My I constantly think about that. If somebody said, if I were to ask you already, give me a random number, give me a random number. 72. Okay. That's not a random number. You had to think about it, <laughs> so it's not random, <laughs> and that bugs the hell out of me. Jared, There's Jared, no his, way to ask anybody 
hits or a up. random number. If you uh, if you tell somebody pick a number between one and a hundred, a random number between one and a hundred, yeah. Guess what? That number's not random. And maybe maybe it's the data and stats guy in me, but it bothers the hell out of me that it can't be random because somebody had to think about it. That's my that's my Roman Empire. Okay. That's a that's a that's a quirky one. That's a that's a weird one. Like um, I think about that more that, than is that I, I'm grind your happy gears to admit. Here? It really that that and I, the other one is food. Like who thought at some point in history somebody was walking ar- along a path and looked down and saw a mushroom and was like, I should eat that. You know, I was actually having a conversation. That's it's funny you mentioned this. I was having a conversation with a coworker about this the other day, about food and like the origins of food. And it's like you like, know, like our ancestors were probably eating like cockroaches. Like, ah, no, no, the, that don't taste too good. I don't think we should keep doing that. Who the hell? Who the hell saw a cow and was like, oh, should I should pull on that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I should pull on that thing at the bottom of the cow, and whatever comes out, we should just drink it. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good one. That's actually that's a good one. I, I like I like that one. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just the uh, lack of brain cells up there that has me think, keeping staying awake at night thinking it's about these things. These things, but these are these are legit conversations. <laughs> but um, and, and as the listeners are like, get just get to the podcast. I I, I had to get it off my chest. I random numbers. The 70s are a bunch of random numbers, but they're hey, not look, random. We can, we can start a spinoff podcast called High Thoughts with, with Jared and Artie. Yeah, we can we can do that as well. High thoughts conversations. I've never been I've never even been high, and these are the thoughts that I that I have. <laughs> these are my thoughts at like two o'clock in the afternoon. I, I don't know. I don't know. All right, Artie. Um Boneyard Podcast, proud to be members of the Variety Sports Podcast Network. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you go subscribe over at Variety Sports Network. Uh, we're we're live there as well. If you're on watching on Variety Sports Network, go follow us at Boneyard Podcast. Um, follow them on on social media: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, lo- lots of great content coming out. Yesterday they did an emergency pod with the big news that came out of Tuscaloosa. Um, yeah, go go check them out. We are. I know I've been saying this for a while. I'm ready to do the the hockey podcast. We've got a we've got a guest lined up for the hockey podcast, a big one. What's a hint? What's a hint? What's a bone? Former Carolina Hurricane. Okay. What years? You're gonna get me. I, I would say 2014 to like 2016, maybe. Okay, so pretty recent. All right, fairly recent. Um, Swedish, Swedish player. Um, so we, we got, we got a guest lined up, which I'm just trying to figure out who my co-host is. They're kind of dragging their feet at times, but Hey, we're going to, we're going to get it. We're going to get it done. We're going to get it done. Um, the five hole podcast, hockey podcast, NHL podcast. All right, Artie, um, ECU enough talk. We've been talking for 11 minutes. ECU, 
the transfer portal has I, I wouldn't say it's come to a halt. People are still committing. Yeah. But it, things have definitely slowed down from where they were mid early to mid December. Right? Um now there's rumors swirling out there and I I've been saying for a couple weeks now, probably for about a month that I knew ECU was in on, on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was too hard to guess that ECU wanted another quarterback in the transfer portal. Yeah. Once, I mean, you you can never have too much depth at that position, especially, I mean, when you need competition and we saw that competition last year didn't really play out and, and the coaches didn't really know what they were doing um, with the talent that they had in, in, in the room. You need guys, and you're look. You're always looking for somebody that can come in and get you quality snaps, right? Um, so Jake Garcia is rumored to be coming to ECU. I, I'm. I've heard that he may have already even signed. Um, so that that's that's out there. We, he hasn't made an official announcement. At least I haven't seen one. Um, talk to me a little bit more about about the depth and and what this addition might bring to to a quarterback room that lost Mason Garcia. Mm-hmm. Alex Flynn is still kind of out there. I, I think he's coming back, but talk to me talk to me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, it, if if we if we do indeed get them, which I, I think it's it's going to be signed soon, delivered here soon. Um, it's a phenomenal move. Obviously, it creates the competition right now factor, right? Because Jake Garcia, he's a he's a seasoned guy. This will be his third team in four years. He was at Miami. It's a top 50, top 60 recruit in that 2021 cycle. was at Miami uh, for the 21 and 22 seasons. I know he played a game uh, his freshman year. Then he got injured, I think, with an ankle injury. Had him out the rest of the year. Then, obviously, he was a backup to Tyler Van Dyke in that 2022 season. Um, threw for less than a thousand yards. I think he had like seven touchdowns at Miami. Went to Missouri, obviously. Um, I forget, I forget their quarterback. I, I forget his name. Uh, Brady Cook. That was that's the quarterback for Missouri. Obviously, lost that job at Missouri, but he's got experience, he's got talent. Um, but this creates a competition right now scenario, right? So Hauser comes in, we're not just gonna give you the job right away, right? You you're coming in, you're gonna have to prove to us, you're gonna have to earn that starting spot because here's another guy who's hungry. He, he knows he doesn't have too many more years left of eligibility. This is third team in, in, in three to four years. He's going to go out there and try to prove it himself as well. So I love the competition that this is going to breed. I love that these are legitimate guys that have been at pretty prominent programs, right? Miami, Missouri, Michigan State. These are prominent big-time programs. So they're going to come in. They're going to have that kind of um, – hopefully leadership capabilities qualities that you would look in and, and, and we've seen that in Howler. obviously he had the he had the podium the you know get up and everything you know as a 19 year old kid he's he's got it so um i love the move between creating that competition right now because obviously you know it's not a foregone conclusion but we assume it's going to be a battle between garcia and hauser once we get all the pieces in the building yeah i, I would think that if Garcia comes in, I mean, he, he's probably going to apply for a medical red shirt. Um, and, and what I think, what I think this is doing is it's giving you a bridge 
to from Caden Hauser, Jake Garcia, Cole Hodge. It's giving you that it's giving you that depth that I was talking about while also giving you plenty of weapons in that room that hopefully one of them comes out. I Kane Hauser to me, it's Kane Hauser's job to lose. I, I don't think that they're gonna start yeah, it, it, Cole it Hodge to begin the season. Jake Garcia didn't play last year. He played a couple of games at, at Miami. Stats don't really jump out at you, but these are a bunch of guys that have been pretty high up in the recruiting rankings out of high school. And you don't, a lot of times you don't get that high as high as they were as a recruit without having at least some tangible skill. Right. Um, So that skill is there. It's up to the coaches to unleash that skill and put them in, in the in the best situation to really kind of stand out. Um, Kane Hauser, I've seen people say, "Oh, well, these are a bunch of guys that haven't really done much." Well, they have. Neither is Kane Hauser. And but that you look at you look at the situations that they've been in, and none of them have been in a stellar situation where they've got a good coaching staff. I mean, you look at all the stuff that was going on at Michigan State this year with Mel Tucker and, and everything else, he was doomed from the, from the get go. Right. Um, now he will hopefully have a stable coaching staff and not too much drama around him other than what he's doing on the field and, and he can go out and ball. And that that's, that's the thing that I'm hoping with all of these transfers, ECU's gone out and I've seen people say, oh, well, they've gone out and gotten bench guys or they've gone, gone out and gotten guys that don't really stand out or didn't start at Power 5 schools. Okay, but when you're, you're refilling holes in your, in your roster of guys that have shown that ability, have shown that skill set, but they haven't been in the right situation for themselves. Right, and, and now that they're at East Carolina and they're going to have a chance to really show what they can with a competent offense, competent offensive coordinator, hopefully they refined what what they had in high school. Yeah, and I, you you mentioned you mentioned Garcia medical red shirting, um, so I'm, I'm assuming he's still coming back from or coming off injury. Who who? presents the most competition for Kate Hauser in your mind? Is it Hodge? Is it Jeter? Is it Garcia? Who, who, who is presenting that one, a one B type competition? I I would probably say, and I, I don't want to overlook Jeter, but I would probably say Cole Hodge. I, I think that he has the most natural skill out of the group. Um, now, Caden Hauser is probably the more refined answer for who's starting. Mm-hmm. But as far as challenging him for that starting role, I, I think Cole Hodge is going to come in and he, he's hungry. I, I think that he's going to show out. Um, I think he's going to have a good spring camp. But I, I'm always hesitant 
to start a freshman quarterback. I let mean, me go ahead. Let me let me ask you a follow up though. Do you think this coaching staff has the guts to start a freshman, true freshman quarterback right out the gates if he indeed looks the part? Like he looks like he provides a better opportunity for success. You think they you think they do that or are they are they more old school? I'm leaning the latter. I I would say with the calamity that happened last year in the quarterback room, the the issues that were brought about, um, Garcia was the heir apparent going into last season. And everybody knew it. The coaching staff knew it. The players knew it. Everybody knew it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Alex Flynn balls out, challenges for the job. Garcia gets whatever happens to Garcia happens to Garcia, Mason Garcia, that is. And he basically gets the yips, falls apart. I think it was a more mental block. Yes. But I think that already that experience last year, at least from Coach Houston's standpoint, he's gonna ride whoever gives him the best chance to win. Cause I, I guarantee if Mike Houston doesn't win. Six games next year, I, I would be hard pressed to have him back in in twenty twenty five. If he doesn't win six games next year with this roster and with this um, with this schedule, Mike Houston's seat will be hotter than it's ever been. Yeah, um, you said it. You said it right with with this schedule because it ain't gonna be as ripe. The, the fruit will never be as ripe as as it's gonna be next season. And so. But I think with the with the new blood that you've brought in on, on the offensive staff, they're going to ride whoever gives them the best chance to win. I think collectively they all know that. So I think they're all probably thinking at this point, Kane Hauser's that guy. But if somebody comes in and Cole Hodge comes in and outperforms Jeter, Hauser, Garcia, Flynn, if he's still there, you're going to see Cole Hodge be the starting quarterback. Yeah. Do I think that that's what's going to happen? I don't think so. Not this year. But I do think that they're going to go with whoever gives them the best skill on the field. They're, they're going to ride whoever is the best quarterback. That's what they're going to have. Kane Hauser is a phenomenal leader. He's shown that already. He's He's got the he's got the media down pat. He's got that yeah. what it takes to be a starting quarterback. <clears throat> what it takes to be a starting quarterback in premier college football, right? He he knows what it takes. He's polished. He he he's a teammate. He he's a great teammate. He's a leader. That's what ECU has lacked the last that's what they lacked last year on, on offense. ECU lacked a true leader on offense. Now I think Rajay Harris is, is that guy. I think he he's going to be probably he's going to be a captain this year. Mm-hmm. He you didn't have a guy like that last year on the offense. Nobody was stepping up and, and saying, "Okay, this is on me." Yeah, they said it in the press conference just because that's what they're trained. 
and their and their press training and their media training, but they no nobody actually believed it, right? Because right. you because you never really had a true starting quarterback, and, exactly. and you can't also have another guy step up if you don't even know who your quarterback is going to be starting week in and week out. <laughs> so right. and, yeah, that that definitely took its toll. And Kane Hauser has played in a big time market and big time football. And now he's the quarterback at East Carolina University, where there's big, there's still big time football to be yep. played, right? So I, I think he's the guy. But if if somebody stuns the coaching staff and, and spring ball and and throughout summer camp and, and going into the fall, we we may be in a situation where we're saying, yeah, Kane Hauser's a good quarterback, but somebody beat him out. And they're going to take whoever beats them out, right? Like, I, I don't think that they're going to go with – Coach Houston's not going to want to go into next year with a two-quarterback system, especially after the way this year went. No. And if no, he does no, – no, if no, he no. does – look, I, I love Coach Houston. He's a friend of the podcast. If he does that, if he we don't have a quarterback named in time for the season – Pack your bags, Mike. Get a get a get a moving company to pack your all your recliners and get the hell out of Greenville. Because that that's what we we can't have that anymore. Everybody had an issue with it last year, but we we said, oh, maybe there's something about Alex Flynn that is that we haven't seen yet. No, Alex Flynn was who exactly who we thought he was, and Mason Garcia wasn't anything. Like we that thought he was. Speak. Yeah. So you've got, and I, I think JDB is going to be a better evaluator of talent and not be, at, he, he's not as tied in right now to and I, what's being said around the university. Donnie Kirkpatrick, friend of the podcast. He's been here so long and been around ECU for so, so many years that he was tied in. He he knew what people were saying. Him and Mike, they were saying what or they were trying to say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna have Mason Garcia. They tried to force Mason Garcia into the starting quarterback role. Obviously, he wasn't ready. They didn't they didn't take a shot in the transfer portal. They should have taken a shot in the transfer portal because they weren't ready. Nobody was ready. Well and just to just to go back to the JDB comment, I mean this 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 is going to be his offense. Coach Houston came out and said it when they hired him. This is JDB's offense. So the 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 quarterback decision, I think, is going to come down to what JDB wants as his starting quarterback. Mike Houston is going to be in the room. Obviously, he's the head coach. He's going to have final say. But I have firm belief that JDB is going to going to pick his guy, and Houston's going to sign off on. Him. I just think that's how it's going to go. Yeah. I, I think I mean we're we're having this big discussion and it's always fun to talk about about who's gonna be where and, and who's gonna be the starter and whatnot. I mean we're we're eight months out already from, from college football. Um this ended this past Monday. We we can't stop talking about it. I love it. That's that's the beauty of East Carolina. Even when we go two and ten two and ten and can't stop talking about it. 
football season is over and it's been over for over a month and you got eight more months left of the season uh, until the season. Yeah. We're debating who's going to be the starting quarterback. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's great to always have depth. Uh, all right, Artie moving along basketball, men's basketball is, uh, up to nine and seven on the season. Cover from back-to-back losses to sweep the week last week. Um, you beat Tulsa. Then you go on the road last night, beat beat Temple. Um, Brandon Johnson scored 17 points, including a go-ahead three-pointer with 55 seconds left as, as ECU beat the Golden Hurricane. RJ and Ezra also had 14 points. RJ Felton uh, had a game-high 20 points on 8 of 10 shooting uh, last night when they beat Temple. Artie, you, you lost some tough games the week before, and you bounced right back, in, and you've won two games that, honestly, going into them, looked like they should have been L's on, on the schedule before, before the game play, was played. That's why we don't play on paper. We play on the hardwood. Yeah. Talk to me about, about what this last week, the last – five days have been for East Carolina basketball. Well, we stopped the bleeding, man. We, we, we stopped the bleeding. Obviously we lost those, lost those, those, those tough ones. Um, we're sitting at seven to seven, one, two straight. So we stopped the bleeding. And, and that's the most important thing. This feels like one of those typical ECU basketball seasons up and down. We'll lose two, three, four in a row. We might win two, three, four in a row. And we'll finish right at 500, right? So, and I, and I think I, I said I wanted this team to finish at least five games over 500. To me, that kind of exemplifies, okay, we're actually, we're starting to move. We're actually rolling the ball instead of just picking it up, placing it. It's, the ball is actually rolling. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm happy that we've bounced back. I'm happy that, that, I didn't know that was our first ever win at Temple though. I did not know that. So men's basketball first win ever at Temple. First win against Temple since 2020. Uh, so it's been a while since we beat that team. Um, one that really hops out to me, though, the, the stat that I see here in the notes, currently sitting at fourth in AAC home attendance, which if you're anybody that's followed this program, anybody that knows anything about ECU basketball, big attendance crowds is not what we do at East Carolina when it comes to basketball. We don't have those huge attendance crowns. And we may have a big-time program come in and everybody be there for the first quarter or, you know, the first half, I should say. And then by halftime, you know, second half, everybody's doing it out leaving. So to see that stat, to see that we're fourth in the AAC with some of these other big-time basketball programs that we have here in the conference, that 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 means that people are starting to care. People are paying attention. People are starting to care. Um, but as, if, as for the team itself, it still remains to be seen for me. We're sitting at 9-7. That's great. Let's, let's see if we keep going. Yeah, another big test this weekend as you as the Pirates host SMU um on Saturday. That that that's a that's a big one. Um SMU 10 and 5 on the season, four o'clock. Get into Minji's. Uh, I saw uh I saw that the Scallywags, Minji's Maniacs, were were uh tailgating for the last home game. They're going to be doing it again this weekend. Shout out to them. Uh, make sure you go out there if you're a student. Go hang out with the Minji's Maniacs. They're, they're a lot of fun. Coming from a former president of the Minji's Maniacs, uh, yeah, uh, I I would do anything to be able to go back and, and get rowdy with, with those guys. 
I bet. I would too. Even though I didn't go to a lot of basketball games. Uh, all right, and then on, on the 17th, ECU will play North Texas. Um, so no, another home game. Get out to that one as well. That'll be at 7 o'clock that night. Um, that's going to be painted black. Painted black, baby. That's always fun, especially with the new the new lights in Minji's. So um, get, out, get out and support the guys. Um, all right, now women's basketball, uh, huge win. Over Memphis over the weekend, beating Memphis 64 to 63. ECU closed on a 12 to 2 run over the last three minutes and 21 seconds. Danae McNeil had 17 points in the game. But then you come out, they started hot against UAB last night, Artie. And then a terrific third quarter from the Blazers just took over. I mean, ECU was outscored 29 to 17 in the third quarter. If it wasn't for that, this game's a lot closer. ECU has a chance to pull out the win. Uh, there's You lose 73 to 64. UAB, I mean, I think they've got four losses on the season. Overall, I mean, they're, they're pretty good. They're one of the better teams. Yeah. ECU, I mean, three and one in conference play. There's still plenty of opportunity. I, I don't know where, where we are in the rankings right now in, in conference, but mm-hmm. there's plenty of opportunity to, to still win the American Athletic Conference. Um, and, and they've they've done well. I mean, they beat UTSA last week and beat Memphis, and, and this is a blip on the radar, right? Like, this is gonna, they're going to be okay. I, I'm, I'm not too concerned about it. Amaya Joyner uh, just was balling out 16 points, 15 rebounds. Um, so she can shout out to her. I mean, that girl, that, that girl can ball. Hoop. That girl can ball. Um, your, your thoughts, your thoughts on, on women's basketball. Yeah. I, I, I also think we're going to be okay. I will say this. We do need to start turning it around sooner, sooner rather than later. And we're going to have to start proving that we can beat some of these 12 or four UABs and some of these other better teams in conference. And even outside of that, um, you know, I, my thinking, I, you know, I thought we'd probably be sitting at 11, three, uh, right now, at, at this point in the season, we're sitting at nine to five, which is perfectly okay. Like you said, we're still going to be we're still going to be all right. We still have everything out in front of us. We can still defend the crown and go back to back if that's what we want to do, because we have the players and the coach to do it. Um, but it's got to start turning around now. I think we I think for our women's basketball team, they need to probably string together probably a three to four game win streak, kind of get some real confidence, start feeling good about themselves, especially now that they're in conference play. Um, but I, I agree. I think we're going to be okay. For sure, for sure. All right, Artie. Um, I guess we should talk about it. Let, let's let's talk about the college football national championship. Yes, your I'm boys going. in blue beat Washington thirty four thirteen. Wax that ass. I gotta say that game. Like, while well, it was one of the closer games in in the last. Two or three years. Yeah, it was close all the to the fourth quarter. Yeah. It was still honestly one of the more boring games of college football that I've watched. We'll also agree with that. Yeah. As and, a Michigan fan, as far I as an, it was a pretty boring as, game. As, as, a, as far as it being the national championship, it, it it was boring. Um Blake Quorum, offensive player of the game, 21 carries, 135 yards. Donovan Edwards, six carries for 104 yards. I believe he like I said, I believe he was held to like 30 yards against ECU. And then JJ McCarthy. 
10 for 18 for 140 yards. Artie. Yeah. Take it away. Tell, tell, just go ahead and talk it. Talk about Michigan. <laughs> Look, I'm not. I'm not gonna get. A, I'm not gonna get a soapbox and, and talk everybody's talk everybody's ear off. I will say I'm. I'm extremely shocked that the Washington defense let us gain over 300 yards rushing on them. That was absolutely absurd. Um, I said it last week that we we're better in the trenches. I didn't know we were that much better in the trenches. We completely dominated them uh, from an offensive line and defensive line standpoint. Our safeties and secondary and corners. They played absolutely phenomenal. They did get away with some holes. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a Michigan man. Go blue. But we did have about two or three pass interference calls that we were the, you know, you know, beneficiary on not having those calls being called. We still would have won the game regardless. We would have. Um, but there, there was a couple of holes that were missed. Outside of that, secondary played phenomenal. Defense played phenomenal. You hold an NFL quarterback and at least, at minimum, two NFL receivers to 13 points in a national championship game. You deserve all the flowers in the world. Um, Harbaugh, unfortunately, I think he's off to the NFL. I really do. I would love to for him to, you know, pick up that $125 million deal that Michigan has offered him and be the highest paid college football coach and the best college football coach now that Saban is obviously not going to be on the sidelines. But I think he's itching to go back to the uh, to the league. Who knows? We'll see. Would love to see him in Chicago. Probably not going to happen. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, um, yeah, man, go blue. Mason blue, baby. Mason blue. All right. The, the I will say the Natty was the week before. I think the Rose Bowl between Michigan and Alabama, that was probably a national championship. Yeah. That that though the semifinal games were definitely more interesting than the than the final. I mean uh, I think I think we would have probably had more fun with, with a Michigan Texas national championship um, than, than having a Michigan Washington or even I mean even a rematch Alabama Texas, um, but we, we already saw that play out earlier in the season. So it was a good game. Uh, it was, but yeah, I I, I just I watched it. I, I it, it was a game. it was a boring game. Yes, I would. Now, for me, I I loved every minute of it because obviously I wanted to see a blowout. But oh yeah, it was it was yeah it, it was a pretty boring. After honestly, after about half of the third quarter, it's like okay, this is kind of yeah. Yeah, a- after the phantom holding call that <laughs> took away the thirty-two yard pass for Washington, and then yeah. and then they gave the ball back to Michigan, and Michigan scored and. After that, I, I was like, okay, this game's over. They, they um, let us rush for 300 yards, man. Yeah, no, I mean. They let us rush for 300. Y'all Blake beat them. would have never allowed Michigan to rush for 300 yards on his defense. That is just absurd. Don't, don't say that too loud, Artie. We, we want to keep friend of the podcast, Blake Harrell, around for a long time right. here in Greenville. Um, all right, you, you kind of alluded to it just a second ago. There's a lot going on in the world of coaching. Already, uh, three big names in Huge. the last forty-eight Huge. hours yeah. have announced they, they're retiring, or they've stepped away, or, or they've been let go, or they've parted ways. Three legendary coaches mm-hmm. are not going to be coaching their teams next year. Two of them in the NFL, one in college football. We all know Nick Saban. Announced he was retiring yesterday. 
Um, now, Bill Belichick today from from the New England Patriots, of course, and then Pete Carroll out of Seattle. Artie, um, what in the world's going on? <laughs> I, I I think with Nick Saban, it was it was the writing was on the wall because I don't think he likes the way college football is trending towards. I think the way it's going is not his brand of football. He's, he's all about development. He's all about guys coming in and being there for two, three, four years and, and, and building a brand and building a team, building a program, doing it his way, doing it the, 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 the Alabama Nick Saban way. And I think he understands with NIL with these guys coming in. It's like, what can you do for me instead of what can I do for the university? I think he sees that. And I think he's like, nah, I'm good. I've, I've done what I needed to do. I've won my championships. I have my fun. I, I saw his sit-down interview earlier today with Reese Davis on ESPN where he talked about, um, you know, this the, the the timing of it was just was, was perfect for him and what he wanted to do, where he was at with everything that he had accomplished. So I think it makes sense for Nick Saban. I'm not really too shocked about it. Bill Belichick is another one where the Patriots have just kind of sucked the last couple of years. Let's just be honest. The Patriots have been awful. And – Wonder his philosophy, his his style, it's just he's still one of the greatest. That's just not to be debated. He's absolutely one of the greatest. But there needs to be a change. He needs to change the scenery. The Patriots need to change the scenery. That's just what it is. Um, Pete Carroll is probably the most lovable out of those three. He's obviously the best personality out of those three. Um, and I think he's still going to be with Seattle. I know he's doing like a front office gig or something like that. I think kind of what Bruce Arians did with Tampa a couple of years ago, that's kind of what Pete, Pete Carroll is going to be doing in Seattle. So they're, they're legends. Their first ballot Hall of Famers, Nick Saban is the GOAT when it comes to college football. Bill Belichick is arguably the greatest professional, you know, NFL coach of all time. And Pete Carroll is right there with him in, you know, the Mount Rushmore top five, top ten coaches of all time, too. He won a natty at USC twice over. He won a Super Bowl in the NFL. So Pete Carroll's resume cannot be diminished at all. So they deserve it. And they're all old. These are old men. They, they, they deserve their retirement. Yeah, a bunch of random ages in, in the 70s already. Um, no, the, the one that obviously Nick Saban was was shocking. Bill Belichick wasn't as shocking. Um, I wasn't expecting Pete Carroll. Oh yeah. I wasn't expecting Pete Carroll. I thought he'd been around for another five years. The the Nick Saban one, uh, I kind of had it in the back of my mind the last couple, couple months of the season when, I mean, it looked at times that Alabama just. Alabama didn't seem like the same Alabama yeah. this year that they have been in the past. And, and that's not knocking Alabama season. They just weren't the same team that they've been and, for the and last two decades. That, like he said how grueling this season was, how much of a toll it took from what they were at the beginning to what they had to become to what, where they ended up. Like he's he mentioned that early. Like that took an extreme toll on him and his body. Yeah, so – um. All right, who replaces Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa? We know it's not Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning, yeah. It's not Dan Lanning. The uh, favorite right now is Lane Kiffin. I think it's I think it's a three headed race from who they want. I think <laughs> Kalen, I think Kalen DeBoer, Washington. I think Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss, and I and I will say Dabble. Dabo Sweeney out of Clemson. Now, Alabama fans can't stand Dabo Sweeney, and they don't want him. But I promise you, if Dabo shows up in Tuscaloosa, you're going to take him. 
because he's a damn good coach. <laughs> so I think I think that's a three headed three headed monster right now. But I I feel like Alabama's AD wants Kalen DeBoer. I to me it seems like it would be such a layup just hire Lane Kiffin. But does he want to miss though? If if he right now to miss, then, then yeah, I, I think it's Lane's job to lose now that Dan Lanning is obviously out of it. But I don't. I mean, Ole Miss, Ole Miss is rolling right now. That's a good job. Got got the number one uh, transfer recruiting class in the country. Um, Look, yeah, I mean, they've been on top of it. But, I mean, Lane Kiffin, this opportunity only comes around every so often. It's true. Right? And Lane Kiffin is, in my opinion, born to be the Alabama head coach. He makes the most sense for Alabama. He fits the mold. He he seems like he would be the the guy. Kalen DeBoer, great coach. I I just to me Lane Kiffin seems like the coach that Alabama should be able to have whatever coach they want. That is true. It's Alabama. It's 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 the job. But then again, you're always going to be the guy that replaced the goat. You're not the guy that replaced the guy. You're the guy that replaced the greatest to ever do it. So that that kind of pressure, do you really want that kind of pressure? You you can't come in and, and win ten games at Alabama. You got to come. Do they in say that? Do they say that about LeBron with MJ? That's a different situation, man. LeBron has never played for the Chicago Bulls. That's different. <laughs> that's that's he wrote his own story, had his own legacy. Yeah. So I, 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 I agree. Lane Lane makes the most sense. I just if, if he's from Alabama thing going to Ole Miss, and then if he comes to Alabama, it's gotta be immediate. It, it there's no rebuild, it's immediate, which he can he can do that, but I'm I'm just saying you're replacing the greatest. So for sure. All right, Artie. Well, end of a co- end of a coaching era. I mean, Bill Belichick. I who who knows where he ends up. Lots of lots of coaches been fired lately, parted ways. My Falcons, Arthur Smith. Go back to FedEx, big boy. Hopefully, he um, loses next. Get your ass up out of Chicago, bro. You gotta go. Mm. You got to go. Him and Art Smith can try to find jobs together. Got to go. Uh, all right, Artie. Let's see. Walk the plank. Do you have a walk the plank for me? Mm. I don't think I do, man. It's it's a good way. I can't, I can't have a walk the plank. It's, it's still Michigan National Championship week. I can't have a walk the plank. I'm still happy. All right. Us talking about LeBron, MJ, reminded me of LeBron saying that Bronny can uh, – Start on the Lakers right now. That was a joke, man. He was just trying to inspire his teammates because they're playing like hot doo doo. I was about to say, Bronny is absolute. I mean, I, I won't say trash, but he, he's he's not. He's a freshman averaging seven points a game. He, he'll develop. He'll be all right. I don't know. Um. All right. That that's one, and then uh, the other would be there. There was some uh, the ACC officials. ACC officialed in the national championship game. I'm not saying it would change 
I'm not saying it would change the outcome, mm-hmm. but it would have made for a better game had they called a, a, a more even game. They did miss some calls. I'm not going to lie. No, they missed some calls on Washington, too. They did. Yeah, but the but. the more egregious calls that were missed already were on Michigan. You got to be you got to be able to admit. that holding call was the worst holding call. I let it go. Yeah. I've ever seen. I don't think it would have changed the outcome. I think instead of what 34-13, it'd been 34-27. I think I think yes, we would have got a much better product. I think Michigan still wins, but I I, I agree. There those were some egregious calls that, that they missed All or right. called and should have let go. Well, the college football season is over for the next eight months. We will we will look forward to 2024 college football. Um, all right, I think next week we should do our kind of first look at what's ahead for the spring college football for, for ECU. Okay. And then um, maybe we'll do some way – too early power rankings in the American Athletic Conference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love me a good power ranking. Let's do it. All right, so come prepared for that. Uh, the NFL regular season already ended this past week, thankfully. I mean, <laughs> the, uh, the, the Falcons, once again, for the – they're three years under Arthur Smith. I believe they went seven and nine, seven and ten, seven and ten. And each year they had the eighth overall pick in the NFL draft. So thank God that season, the season's over. The worst place to be in professional sports is in the middle, and the right Falcons are constantly in the middle right in the middle you 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 don't do enough to get to the playoffs but you did just enough to not get a great draft pick exactly so i i think uh terry fondo is gonna have his work cut out for him with the falcons uh may look at look at jumping up i don't think they, they're gonna jump up to one but um anyways hey, already the phone lines are open brother Call Chicago. I I think that I think that conversation to to jump up to one probably it starts, of course, with the first round pick for the Falcons, either this year or next. My guess would be this year. You guys need a quarterback. And it would probably include either one of B. John Robinson, uh, AJ Terrell, or Kyle Pitts. Um that that's the starting point of the conversation. Yep. And I don't I don't think the Falcons are ready to do that. I, I think if they're gonna move up, they're gonna move up to four or five and get a guy like uh Bo Nix or, or, or Michael Penix. Yeah. Jaden Daniels. I, I could yeah. see that. I, I don't think they're yeah. moving up to one or two to take Williams or Drake May. I, I don't personally think Drake May is I don't think he's the second best quarterback. I don't think he is either, but I don't think he's third best. Uh, yeah, to yeah. But somebody, somebody's going to draft him that high, and he's going to be the next Mitch Trubisky. That, that's just what they do at, at Carolina. Um, all right, Marty. The NFL postseason is here. Wild card weekend is this weekend. Um, Browns. Yeah. Browns are two-point favorites at the Texans. Over-under is 44 and a half. 
what you got? I'm excited for this game. It's going to be a good game. CJ Stroud, obviously rookie of the year, in my opinion. Um, actually, no, he's 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 locked. That's that's a rookie of the year lock. Um, they also got the coach of the year, in my opinion, down there in Houston. But they're a startup, and they don't have much playoff experience. That building's going to be rocking. NRGs, I'm, I'm assuming, is going to you know it's going to be sold out. Building's going to be rocking. Uh, but give me pretty Flacco, man. Give me, give me, give me old Joe, you know, down there in, in Cleveland doing his thing. That defense is legit. They got weapons in Joku, Amari Cooper. Like Cleveland's got some legitimate weapons down there. Uh, so give me Cleveland in a high scoring affair. I think there's going to be some points scored in this game. Even with the good defense that Cleveland has. I think, I think Houston's going to score some points. You're taking Cleveland. I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Texans. I, I, I do like okay. what CJ Stroud's done. I, I, I think that what he put together in his rookie season, I, I look, this is going to be one of the more entertaining games of the weekend, yeah. in my opinion. I, I think yeah, this is I one agree. of the closer games. Yes. Um. This is, this is a true toss-up. Yeah, exactly. So I, I would – I'm gonna I'm gonna go Houston here, um, and and yeah, I, I think that there's gonna be a lot of points scored in this game, um, so I'm, I'll I'll take the over there as well. All right, uh, Artie on Peacock, Dolphins at Chiefs. That should have been my my damn Walter Plank. That's that's what it was. Chiefs and Dolphins on Peacock. Go ahead, take it away. Take take the Walter Heard. Plank. No, like that's that's just that's that's honestly. One of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Nobody has Peacock. Nobody's watching NBC TV. I shows have Peacock. Like are you watching NBC television shows like that, Jared? Or are you watching what? like once every couple weeks? I watch The Office. Jared, you don't even need Peacock to watch The Office, man. Yeah, you, you don't do. Need, you don't need a uh, Peacock subscription to watch The Office. How else are you going to watch The Office, Artie? You <laughs> Catch all seasons on YouTube. Come on now. You don't need to pay for that. Only thing you should be watching on YouTube is the Boneyard Podcast. I say all this to say that is ridiculous. That is true, though. That is ridiculous. Peacock, come on now. All these other games, Fox, CBS. I I get you know you know NFL Network or ABC. I get all that. But Peacock, stop. I mean, you're gonna get subscribers. You know you're gonna get subscribers. You're, you're gonna get you're gonna get a, a few hundred thousand subscribers within a five hour period, and they all go cancel their memberships right after the game. <laughs> all of them. All right, Dolphins, Chiefs, Chiefs five point favorites. Forty three and a half is the over under. Uh give. I get. I guess. Hmm. I really want to take the Dolphins, but I'm I'm gonna ride with the Chiefs. Yeah, this game is in Kansas City, and it's supposed to be like eight degrees or something like that. And Miami really hasn't proven they can beat a good team. They ain't done it all season, right? So, yeah, give me give me Kansas City. Give me the best quarterback in the league. Give me the best coach in the league at this point, and Andy Reid. Give me the Chiefs. Over under on how many times we see Taylor Swift this weekend. Oh, they yeah, they're gonna they're gonna shoot the Taylor every every opportunity they get to shoot the Taylor Swift. They're gonna do you gonna see Taylor about fifteen times. Taylor Swift on Peacock this Saturday. Uh, all right, 
Moving along, already Steelers at Bills. Bills are 10-point favorites. Over-unders 35 and a half. Mm. Another game where I do want to take the Steelers. Wow. For what? I just... The Bills don't feel like the same team that they have been in, in the last three years. I don't know. They look pretty good over the last five weeks. They have. They have. And that's why I'm not taking the Steelers. But I want, kind of like with the Dolphins, I, I, I don't, the same reason I don't feel so great about the Chiefs down the stretch in, in, in the postseason, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel the same about the Bills. They, they, some seemed off this season yeah. um, with the Bills. So that that's that's kind of what where I'm coming from. Um, I'm still picking the Bills, but overall, I, I do think that, like, in my heart, I, w- I want to pick the Steelers, but with my mind, I'm, I'm taking the Bills. I would I would agree with you because I, I like the Steelers more, right? Like, I, I'm a big fan of Mike Tomlin. I've never found myself rooting against the Steelers. It's just not one of those franchises that I've ever rooted against. Um, but they're down to Mason Rudolph. Their offense is is not that good. I don't is TJ Watt playing this game? Didn't he get injured? Didn't he get hurt? Um I don't I don't particularly think this game is gonna be close. I think I think Buffalo wins this game by in a blowout. I don't think this game's gonna be I think this is one of your your rare blowouts this weekend. I think Buffalo wins by a couple scores. All right. And it's in Buffalo. It's gonna be out there breaking <laughs> tables and shit. Buffalo's gonna win this. All right. Next up, Packers at Cowboys. Cowboys are seven point favorites. Over unders fifty and a half. Um, expecting a lot of offense. Artie, you take it away. As painful as it as it is for me to admit this, Jordan Love might be the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers, who was the heir apparent to Brett Favre. And as a Bears fan, I might have to sit here and go through yet another really good quarterback for Green Bay and also hear Kyle Mannix's mouth for the foreseeable future. So it's not – it's just not fun for me as a Bears fan. But Jordan Love can ball. He really can. He's he's he's, he's, he's proven that over the course of the entire season. He's had his hiccups, but I think he's really coming to his own. The Packers got some receivers. They got some really young guys that are, that are really, really good. Their defense is – disappointing because they should be a lot better on paper you got they got some 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 good names um i still think dallas wins this game i'm thinking dallas i still think i think the cowboys overall it's in jerry world like this cowboys team has to get it done that you have a golden opportunity to get to the nfc obviously the 49ers are going to be there but it it just feels like this is the year for dak prescott to finally kind of get over the hump make it to an nfc championship game you got the offense you got the defense you got a home playoff game. Like you got it. You got to be Jordan Love and the Packers. Now this, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if the Packers win, but I'm taking Dallas. Yeah, Jordan Love seems like, like you said, he he seems like the next guy. I just think that the Dallas offense has too many weapons. Yeah, they, um, they too much for your times. I I think that this is going to be a shootout. Um. It's gonna be this is gonna probably be the most fun game of the week. And it's a rivalry, man. I mean, Packers, Cowboys. It's an old school rivalry. Dez caught it. He did. 
That was catch. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Cowboys. When I, when I was writing this out earlier, I was thinking, um, oh, maybe I'll pick the Packers, but no, I'm gonna ride with the Cowboys. Um, all right, Matt Stafford returns to Detroit. Uh, Rams, Lions, already Lions three point favorites over unders fifty one and a half. How how do you feel about it? Hey, look, I'm an NFC North guy. If it ain't the Packers, I gotta root for you. So <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go Lions on this, man. I gotta go, and and like it's just about time they have a team like this. They won the division for the first time in fifty thousand years. Um, back when it was called the 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 NFC Central, I think it wasn't even the NFC North. That was the last time they won a division title. So the Rams are good. But they're out there with a bunch of kids. Matthew Stafford, I think they're, I think they're going to be – that defense from Detroit, I think they're going to be able to get to Matthew Stafford this weekend and kind of rattle him um, in his homecoming. Give me Detroit, man. They, they got to get over the hump at some point. They, they, can't keep, they can't keep going out like this. They got to they get over at some point. Give me Detroit. The, uh, the vibes keep flowing in Michigan. Give me Detroit. All right. And then last and, and honestly, in my opinion, least – Eagles three point favorites at oh, Tampa God, Bay. Eagles Bucks over unders forty three and a half. A game Ooh. that honestly, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to watch this game. This honest. I mean, it's crazy because the Eagles we really thought were going to be you know maybe NFC champions you know back to back. They just look awful. Well, we know what the Buccaneers look like. So. Mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna say the Eagles just just because they just they should win this game. They they just should. They're just a better team now. Are they gonna show up? Who knows? But they really they, they should they should handle the Buccaneers. But, They're gonna but lose the, anybody else in the NFC. But they should handle Tampa Bay. But for the same reason you, you we're talking about the Bills looking really good over the last five weeks, the Eagles have looked awful just bad. They looked awful. Yeah. So. But they got great wins this season too, though. Like as as bad as they've looked, they do have some really quality wins this year. So it's like if if the if the right Eagles team shows up, they can win this game by thirty if they want to. You know, that, Artie, there's a saying in golf say, that says, "There's no pictures on a scorecard." The Buccaneers got there. I, I'm I'm running with Baker. I w- you know I would love to see Baker do it though. I'm I'm low key a Baker Mayfield fan. I'd I'd love to see him pull it off. I would lo- I, I was calling for Baker Mayfield to be an Atlanta Falcon. I'd love to see him pull it off. Mm. All right, go Bucks. <laughs> All right, uh, already anything else? Nah, man, we're sitting there right at a 102 an hour and two minutes. So I think we I think we got to get up. So man, I got nothing else for you. Awesome. Well. Make sure you subscribe to the Variety Sports Network. Subscribe to the Boneyard Podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Amazon, I believe we're on Google Podcasts. I think maybe iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you download. Um, Also, leave us a five-star review. If you don't, you can walk the damn plank. Five-star review. You are a friend of the podcast for life. Um... And then follow us on social media at Boneyard Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, and, and also make sure you subscribe on YouTube. That's all I got, Artie. 
good episode. We'll talk to you next week when we have episode 180. 180 next week. Artie, let's get out of here. Hey, Stool Presidente, I need my championship gear by the beginning of next week. All right, I need that pronto. Make it happen, Barstool. Outside of that, go blue, go pirates. Until next time, Pirate Nation. Deuce. Peace.